This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast and today we're going to look at the response to uh, the Russian Revolution uh, across Europe, chiefly the radicalisation of anti-communism across Europe uh, in the last year of the First World War and the uh, couple of years uh, afterwards into the early 1920s. And we're looking at Robert Gerwolf's um, brilliant book, um, The Vanquished, which we've um, looked at before, and the connection, really, between the fear of communism and the rise of post-war fascism uh, across Europe. Now, Robert Gerwolf writes... The revolutionary upheavals in the vanquished states of central, eastern and southern, southeastern Europe soon threatened to spread to the victor states and even to formerly neutral countries further west. Spain, which had remained neutral in the Great War, came close to an open civil war during its trienio, trienio Bolshevik, uh, the three Bolshevik years, from 1918 to 1920, when serious labour unrest, already common uh, before the war, spread across the rural south and flared up in cities, leading to more than 750 deaths in the struggles between union supporters, employers and the police forces of the state. So um, previously, when we looked at Paul Preston's uh, The Spanish Holocaust, the, the long story of the Spanish Civil War begins in the early 1920s. Um, the uh, fear that landowners had uh, against the, the poor peasants, the campesinos, the fears that they might unionise, uh, and the um, militant rage that the landowners feel towards them, looking upon them as kind of almost subhuman, um, and the uh, peculiar uh, sort of hold that anti-Semitism has on Spain, a country which had expelled nearly all its Jews uh, during the uh, the Middle Ages. Um, the, it is kind of explained as um, kind of communism uh, and 
that anti-communism and, and anti-Semitism sort of kind of combined this one meta-conspiracy theory that um, the the kind of the, the subhuman peasants are being manipulated by the evil Jews into these kind of communist uh, communist ideas. Whereas the reality is, uh, poor peasants saw opportunities uh, in uh, that time period to agitate for better wages and working conditions. Robert Goethe writes, in Catalonia, most notably in Barcelona, the Confederation of Labour, the CNT, um, aimed to create a Catalan workers' republic that would sever all links with the unloved capital Madrid. Already in 1917, they had joined the Socialist General Union of Labour, the UGT, in calling for a general strike in Barcelona, a strike that was put down with brute force leaving 70 dead and thousands of suspected revolutionaries in prison. In the spring of 1919, encouraged by revolutions in Russia and Central Europe, the CNT called for yet another strike, promoting some 100,000 workers in Barcelona to down their tools for an entire month. So it, it's very difficult, post-1989 kind of and, and 1991, for uh, us to conceive of the the fear that Europe's middle class has had of communism. Here we have seen throughout the twentieth century the rise and fall of communist states, um, and the, the the dim possibility, the 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 great unlikelihood of anything similar uh, I- I emerging in in current sort of world historical conditions. Um, at the time in nineteen seventeen to nineteen the mid nineteen twenties. There was an immense fear that this might be possible when a revolution in Russia was followed by a revolution in Hungary, which is briefly successful, um, revolutionary uprisings in Bavaria, uh, a revolutionary uprising that's crushed in Berlin. There is an, an, an acute anxiety um, on the part of Western leaders that this is it. This is the the kind of that like the, the Marxist 1848 revolution is going to sweep across all of Europe. Um, and there's no, um, it's, it's not, there's nothing to suggest that that couldn't have happened. Um, the uh, large communist parties in Italy, uh, which seems on the verge of perhaps collapsing, uh, and uh, essentially a civil war up until 1922 is fought in Italy, and a large communist party in France, bear in mind there have been major mutinies after Verdun in the, the French army, uh, and even the communist movement in Britain, that had opposed in 1920 the loading of artillery shells onto the Jolly George, the uh, the ship that was bound for um, for Russia um, to uh, send artillery shells to the White Armies and to e- equip the uh, British Expeditionary Force in Russia, uh, which was there at the express urging of Mr Winston Churchill to put down the Bolshevik government, to strangle it in his cradle, as, as uh, he said. So... We um, have to kind of place ourselves in the uh, the shoes of the the post-war European bourgeoisie, looking at this this, this dread threat, not necessarily uh, with soldiers marching all the way from from uh, Moscow to Madrid, but revolutions happening, um, you know, in in one's own in one's own vicinity. Within weeks. Solidarity strikes were held across Spain, and notably in the south. Um, there were stoppages in Andalusia. Um, there was uh, strikes in Seville and Granada. 
poor land labourers who were working on the uh, large uh, estates of the Latifunda, um, the um, aristocratic landowners who kept their uh, deliberately kept their workers in uh, servile um, and grinding poverty. Once again, if you read um, Paul Preston's um, the Spanish Holocaust, you get a, a real impression of how bad working and living conditions were for the, 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 the Spanish poor. They felt inspired by what they had seen in Russia, um, and they had felt inspired particularly by Lenin's decrees on land, the uh, dissolution of land ownership, which Lenin didn't really want to do. Lenin wanted to nationalise land. Um, but they believed that this was uh, a, 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 an unprecedented opportunity for, to, to do the same and, and to uh, overthrow uh, generations of poverty in, in Spain. Robert Gerber writes, As one anarcho-syndicalist newspaper from Cordoba, uh, La Voz de la Cantera, the voice of the quarry, put it, Prepare yourselves, workers of Spain, for the fact that at any moment the clarion of justice may sound. Oppressed and desperate people, the hour has arrived to demand accounting from our enemies, uh, from all crimes they have committed against the labouring and productive classes. So very much the, the, the language and rhetoric of class warfare uh, that would alarm uh, even the uh, most um, kind of progressive of the, of the bourgeoisie. Um, so, though, so whilst um, this was kind of in, in process, the uh, volatile situation that, um, that the landowners were confronted with, um, they, they did the same that uh, the, the Russian uh, aristocracy had done. They abandoned their country homes, um, and often these were seized and sometimes even burned down by the Spanish peasants. The fear of Bolshevism... Um, grips the government um, and they round up 800 Russian citizens and other suspected foreign communists living in Spain at the time and send them to Odessa on board a steamer called the Manuel Calvo uh, which left Spain in the spring of 1919. Of course not all of these people would have been communists and would have been delivered into the hands of the Bolsheviks when Odessa fell. Um, amid growing economic instability and internal strife, 15 governments came in the six years from 1917 to 23. In 1921, um, the uh, Spanish Communist Party was founded, um, but Spain was to really follow the example of um, the uh, Central European nations um, and undergo a, a military coup in 1923, when uh, General Miguel Primo de Rivera seized power and transformed the country into a, a dictatorship, and um, much in the same way as Italy, we're at the behest of the monarch, King Alfonso VIII. Um, so, in uh, other parts of Europe, there are in other kind of quite profound um, moments of um, insurrection and uh, anti-communist reaction. So uh, Robert Gerwitz writes, the threat of revolution was great as was a great deal less serious in the principal European victor states of the war, Britain and France, than it was elsewhere. The short-lived Limerick Soviet, established in Western Ireland in the second half of April 1919, at the beginning of the Irish War of Independence, was motivated by republicanism rather than Bolshevism, and in any event 
was terminated by British troops within two weeks. The, yet despite the absence of any serious communist bid for power in either Britain or France, contemporaries in both countries were obsessed with the perceived threat of Bolshevik contagion, while the attempted assassination of French uh, Prime Minister Georges Clemenceau by anarchist Eugène Cotin um, in February 1919 could be dismissed as an isolated incident, policymakers in France had not forgotten the serious waves of strikes that had occurred in the country in the last two years of the Great War. So yes, the British and the French had um, perhaps a, a heightened anxiety about the threat of communism, even though, despite some outbreaks, as I mentioned, the Jolly George incident uh, and the raising in Glasgow of the red flag over, the George, over George Square uh, in, uh, um, in 1919, um, these kinds of things, um, perhaps heightened by newspaper hysteria led by that, that bastion of reaction, the Daily Mail, um, led um, policymakers and also those who voted for them to have an obsessive um, fear of the threat of communism. Those strikes that the uh, French uh, political classes were alarmed at took place in the metalworking industry in 1916, in July 1916, and also again in May 1918. Um, in the spring of 1917, strikes spread across France and there were calls for higher wages uh, and an end to the war. Of course, in during kind of the conditions of total war, strikes are completely unacceptable to the ruling classes who see them as uh, you know a, a threat to the pursuance of the war and also a threat to the structure of, of society. Um, the both the British and the French governments have the emergency powers to to deal with these swiftly and brutally uh, if they broke out. But the, most significantly, were the mutinies in the French army. In May and June 1917, nearly half of the, of the French divisions on the Western Front were affected. Not that half of all the soldiers went on muti were, were uh, mutinous, but they were mu mutinous soldiers within 50% of all divisions on the Western Front. While the hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mutinies and work stoppages never escalated into a revolution. 
The memories of 1917 lingered on and amplified by revolutionary events in Russia. So when um, people experienced major political events and upheavals in, um, the, in the West, they were always coloured by what they knew had happened in Russia. For example, when the Kaiser abdicates and flees to the Netherlands, he does so because he knows his cousin, the Tsar of Russia, has been executed a few months earlier along with his whole family, and the Kaiser is very anxious for that fate not to before him. Um, and there were enough, uh, there was enough possibility that something like that could have occurred uh, in November 1918. In the spring of 1920, France is once again beset by strikes, which is supported by the Confederation of Labour. Um, there were fears that, um, again, Bolshevik invasion had spread from Russia to France um, and it could uh, quickly um, develop, not just in the workforce, but within the, the middle classes uh, and the, perhaps even the political establishment. The creation of the French section of the Workers' International, which was later called the Communist Party of France, in December of that year, not long after the British Communist Party was, was established, um, did little to decrease the suspicion that actually a communist uprising was imminent in, in France. I mean, it was probably very, very unlikely. So France's worldview in, in the early 1920s was that there were two main threats, a revived Germany um, and the renewal of German militarism, uh, looking to settle the scores uh, of the Treaty of Versailles, um, Clemenceau was no fool when it came to uh, German revanchism and he, uh, the, he really said that the Paris Peace Conference was a, a waste of time and then they would have to refight the war within 20 years and he was, you know, within a couple of months, um, he was absolutely correct. Um, the um, twin threats then to um, uh, France are, yes, revanchist, uh, revanchist Germany and the Bolshevik Russia. Part of the reason for establishing a, a, a cordon of um, Western-looking, um, hopefully democratic, but seem to be not very democratic, uh, states from uh, Poland all the way down to Bulgaria was to create this cordon sanitaire between Russia in the East and Germany in Central Europe so that it was impossible for the two allies to have a land border and do exchange and troops and, and, and to collude in all sorts of ways, which pariah states tend to, to do. Um, the uh, French way of looking at their own safety was that the League of Nations, without any teeth, was fairly useless. Clemenceau famously said, you know, I, I, um, I like the League, but I don't believe in it. It hasn't got an army, it's not much use. Um, and the French were hoping for a, a, a tripartite pact between Britain, France and the, the USA, uh, which would contribute to the, uh, directly to the defence of France. Um, Britain um, suffered um, significant labour problems throughout the 1920s. There was a national miners' strike in October 1920 and, of course, the general strike in 1926, um, and this, the extent to which this really involved the Communist Party of Great Britain is fairly minimal. Um, the uh, 
problems of the mining industry, the uh, decision by um, mining uh, my, uh, mine owners to respond to poor market conditions by slashing wages um, really was the the, um, the, the most um, the, the most galvanizing factor. There were um, there were um, communist party members in the uh, the miners. Uh, federation, but by and large their influence is, is fairly minimal. Um, the Robert uh, Galworth writes, the causes of the strikes, however, were mainly economic and not driven by any desire for the revolutionary overthrow of the existing system. The only party openly advocating radical change, the Communist Party of Great Britain, founded in July 1920, never received significant public support. Nevertheless, at least between the autumn of 1918 and the early 1920s, Many people in Britain believe that the events in Russia and Central Europe might be replicated at home. In London, the social reformer and intellectual Beatrice Webb, co-founder with her husband of the London School of Economics, wrote in her diary on the 11th of November 1918, the day the hostilities on the Western Front came to an end, that peace, thrones everywhere crashing and the men of property everywhere secretly trembling. How soon will the tide of revolution catch up with the tide of victory? That is the question which is exercising Whitehall and Buckingham Palace and causing anxiety even among the more thoughtful Democrats. Um, Beatrice Webb um, had some quite curious views on the Russian Revolution. Um, when she believed that Lenin was proposing the dissolution of the state and a kind of um, a rather more an, um, anarcho-syndicalist future for the country, she was pretty horrified and saw it as being a fundamentally bad thing because you couldn't really trust the, the restless mob with anything at all. However, when um, Lenin begins to establish um, a powerful and authoritarian state in order to bring through what Beatrice Webb saw as being progressive and necessary change to um, you know the improvement of an uncivilised people, um, this was pretty great. And the these are the kind of the the foundational uh, conditions for her and uh, her husband, uh, Sidney, to eventually visit uh, the Soviet Union in the early 1930s and obviously completely neglect to notice the fact that um, Stalin had starved five to seven million peasants uh, to death. Um, Robert Gareth writes, As Russia was drowning in her citizens' blood amid civil war and revolution spread westwards, anxiety turned into fear... Um, that, following, that, that following spring. In, Font uh, in his Fontainebleau memorandum in late March 1919, written under the shadow of the recent establishment of the Hungarian and Bavarian Soviet republics, Prime Minister David Lloyd George urged that the greatest danger that I see in the present situation is that Germany may throw in her lot with Bolshevism and play her resources, her brains, her vast organising power um, and put that at the disposal of revolutionary fanatics whose dream is to conquer the world Bolshevism by force of arms. Now, there was, of course, a long-standing belief by uh, Lenin that the only way that the Russian Revolution could possibly succeed is through exactly what Lloyd George was suggesting. Um, both Lenin and Trotsky had hoped that there would be a similar revolution in Germany um, that would uh, overthrow the, Weim the new Weimar Republic and they did some, uh, gave some assistance to the German Communist Party, but not a great deal. 
the Spartacist uprising in 1919 is uh, disorganised and uh, ultimately fails um, in ways that um, right-wing and fascist uprisings in, in Germany uh, were, were, whilst they didn't succeed, were ultimately far better planned and, and, and more organised, particularly the Count Putsch. Um, the uh, view that Lloyd George had, however, um, was largely based in kind of paranoid and fanciful thinking. The moment there isn't a revolution in Germany, um, there is no chance of any real accord uh, between uh, Germany and Russia, the likes of which Lloyd George was worrying about. Um, at the Treaty of Rapallo, um, the uh, Russians uh, and the Germans create a sort of a, a mutual assistance treaty which enables both to kind of militarily re-equip themselves in, a, in all sorts of crafty ways. But it's not really the, the kind of um, uh, the, the, the kind of um, threat to the West that, that Lloyd George feared. Such a fear, such fears, writes uh, Robert Gerwitz, um, quickly infused the popular imagination as communism gradually eclipsed Britain's wartime enemy, the evil Hun, as the prime minister, uh, as the prime threat of the future. When in 1924 the highly popular author John Buchan published the fourth of his five best-selling thrillers about Richard Hannay, the upper-class hero who protects Britain, the empire, and the English class system from the underhanded enemies who menace it on every side. Communism features prominently. Whereas the threat in the three previous novels had been from Germany, the villain of the three hostages was Dominic Medina, ostensibly the very picture of the urban English conservative politician, but in fact a deracine Irish with a faraway streak of Latin, sort of uh, de Valera, I think is perhaps what he was going for, that never makes a good cross. Medina symbolised the new kind of nihilism that seemed to threaten the established order, Bolshevism. So these were the first kind of, um, the first popular uh, interactions that people had with the idea of communism, this strange, foreign, alien, frightening, dangerous threat to the established order, which had weathered itself quite successfully during the war. And of course, across the Atlantic in America, um, the, uh, the Red Scare um, is uh, something that is uh, part of the, the, you know, has its deep roots within the war, and also in kind of the post-war anarchist terrorism, which people forget um, the, the Wall Street bomb, which did in fact kill about 30-odd people um, in like, horrific circumstances. So when we talk about the first Red Scare in America... It's important to recognise, remember, that it, that fits in within a kind of a global context of anti-communist fear, sometimes justified and sometimes less so. Anyway, I'll be continuing with this pretty soon. Um, I will be trying to do as, um, uh, quite a lot of uh, new recordings here in the spring, um, so I hope you enjoy the, uh, the content that's coming. Thanks very much, everybody, and remember to check out our Facebook group, and if you have by our Patreon uh, to uh, see if you can uh, back the podcast, because we do rely on the generosity and kindness of our backers. Thanks very much, everybody. All the best. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.